I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. Today's thought from above is this. Love one another just as Jesus has loved us. If you missed the pod episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that is why we do this podcast, to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. In the Hebrew Bible, or what we call the Old Testament, there are a lot of commandments. There's 613, to be exact. And when it came to the New Testament, Jesus was asked, So, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? And his answer was, well, what he did was brilliant. He took two verses from the Hebrew Bible, one from Deuteronomy, one from Leviticus. He said, You shall love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That was from Deuteronomy. And then he added, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That was from Leviticus. Now, this was brilliant as a teacher. He took these two, put them as one commandment. Love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And put them as in one commandment, the greatest of all commandments. But what I want to talk about today is something Jesus says in the Gospel of John. In John 13, 34, Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. All right, so what's happening here is this is the beginning of the end in the Gospel of John. Up until this point, Jesus has been doing ministry, teaching, miracles, explaining who he is and what the Gospel is, and now he makes the turn, sets his face toward like Flint, it says, actually, turns himself toward Jerusalem. He knows he's moving to the end. But now, as Jesus is gathering his disciples together on this last evening before he begins his trial, he gives them this new commandment. And it's interesting, he calls it a new commandment. In other words, it's not a commandment that they've heard before. And that is, again, John thirteen thirty four. I give you a new commandment that you should love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, this is what I'm telling you as my disciples, my apprentices, to do. You should love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. There's the key. Now he's really sharpening the focus on what this kind of love is. And the love that Jesus is calling us to exhibit, to live, to do, is to offer the kind of love he had for us. So that begs the question, how did Jesus love us? Or for those first disciples, how did he love them? He's saying, love one another as I have loved you. How did he do it? How did he do it? Okay, that's what I want to explore today. Because if Jesus is saying, this is the commandment, this is is the center of what you are called to do, 
I feel like I need to know what that looks like. So here's the first thing I want to say about that. I want to quote from St. Augustine, saint from the fourth century. St. Augustine said this of the kind of love Jesus has for us. He said, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. That bears repeating. God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. One of the striking things about Jesus, and there are many, but one of the striking things about Jesus is that he treated people very individually. He would look into their eyes. We're told in several places in the gospel, he looked at someone and he treated each one of them, regardless of whether they were saintly or sinful, holy, righteous, law-abiding, doesn't matter. He regarded each person individually. That's why I love what Augustine says. He loves each of us as if they were only one of us. Have you ever felt that when you're with someone and they are fully present to you? And you feel that kind of love and you feel like, this person loves me right now. Not me in the mass of people, but individually. That's what's so striking about the love of God as seen through Jesus. And remember, how Jesus loves us is how God the Father loves us, because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. So as Jesus is, so is the Father. So the Trinity's never at odds. So God's love for us is that kind of love that he loves us as if there were only one of us. It's a very specific kind of love. There's a story I heard about a mother who overheard her little boy praying before he was going to bed. He would say his bedtime prayers, and he would pray the Lord's Prayer. And the mother's outside the door, and she hears her little boy pray this, Our Father, who art in heaven, how do you know my name? I love that mistake, right? Our Father, who art in heaven. And then that next line, how do you know my name? Even though it was a mistake, because it's hallowed be thy name, but it tells us something deep, that we kind of wonder when we step into the love of God, like, how do you know my name? How do you know me so well, so individually? You know my hurts and my needs, my brokenness. That's that kind of love that Jesus expressed to people. So when he says, here's the new commandment, love as I have loved you, that tells me that one of the ways I love people is to love them as if they were the only person there to know people's names, to hear their story, to focus on them, to be present to them. That is a way that we live out this new commandment. And another way that Jesus loved us, a second way, again, a quote from St. Augustine. He said, Jesus loved all as he loved each. Jesus loved all as he loved each. What does that mean? That means that Jesus was, to use the old phrase, no respecter of persons, meaning that he loved everyone regardless of their state, their caste, their social setting, and whatever. He looked at each person and said, you are precious. You are valuable. That was what was so striking about his ministry. Jesus offered love and acceptance. He offered the kingdom of God to the ragtag, broken, lost people. And that was what was shocking about his good news. You, no matter what your situation, are invited into the kingdom. In Jesus' day, 
the kingdom had fallen into religious and ethnic captivity. There were only a certain group of people that were invited, only Jewish men who kept the law, who were healthy and wealthy. Those were signs that God was with them. God had blessed them. And if you weren't any of those things, God had cursed you. So if you're a woman or a Gentile or a Gentile woman who's sinful, who's not been keeping the law, you don't have a shot. And here comes Jesus, and he steps into that reality, like the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. She's not Jewish. She's a woman. And here's Jesus, and she's had a rough life. She's been passed on from brother to brother. She's low on the totem pole in the caste system. And Jesus treats her as if she were the only person there and then offers her this water of life that she'll never thirst for again. She'll, she'll be fulfilled. He offers that to her. Jesus loved all as he loved each, Augustine said. So one of the ways that we fulfill this new commandment to love one another as he has loved is to love people without discrimination. We are in a world where we have a, a very clear pecking order of people who are important and people who are not. But if we are to love as Jesus loved, we love the least and the lost in the exact same way as we would love those who are the up, those, those who are the top of, this, of the system. It's, it's the same kind of love. So it's not just for the, the up and in, but for the down and out. And that's how Jesus loved people. And again, this is God the Father. This isn't just Jesus, because Jesus is second member of the Trinity. So that's how God loves us. C.S. Lewis talked about two different kinds of love in his book, The Four Loves. Well, he actually talked about four, but in the beginning of the book, he opens the first few pages of his book, The Four Loves, talking about two different types of love, need love and gift love. Need love and gift love. Need love is that kind of longing love. We, we love someone for what they can provide for us. The clearest illustration of this would be romantic love. Two people meet each other and they fall in love. They're very attracted. They're wanting the other person. It's their beauty. It's something about them. And they're drawn to them. And they love them because. We, they love them because of what they're giving to that person. That's need love. And there isn't anything wrong with need love. It seems selfish. But need love is the kind of love we have most of our lives. We have a lot of need loves. Basically, need love is saying, I need you to provide this for me. And Lewis points out that our love for God is, in fact, need love. Our love for God is, well, I, I need God's forgiveness. I need God's acceptance. I need God's reconciliation. I need God's power. Whatever it is that I need when people turn to God in prayer, we have a lot of needs, that's need love. But this fits perfectly with the love of God because God's love is gift love. Gift love doesn't need anything in return. So Lewis puts it this way, divine love is gift love. The Father gives all he has to the Son. The Son gives all he has to the Father. And the Son gives himself to the world and for the world back to the Father and thus gives the world in himself back to God. There's this incredible act of giving and self-sacrifice on the part of the Trinity. And that's that kind of love. It is gift love at every turn. 
God doesn't need anything from us by God's nature. So the love that God gives to us is gift love. And here we are in a position saying, well, I have a lot of need love. I need all these things from God. That is not bad. In fact, Lewis puts it this way. We approach God most nearly when we are the least like God. That's a profound point. We approach God most nearly when we're the least like God. That's why Paul can say our power is made perfect in weakness. We come in utter weakness, and then God provides the power. We come in incredible humility. There's there's nothing that we have to bring to God. And then God provides what we need. All I have needed, your hands have provided, as the hymn says. So God has no needs, and we are exceedingly needy, and that's not a bad thing. And we see this in what is arguably one of the most important verses in the Bible. In fact, I was on a a radio program, and this host asked me, what's your favorite verse? And I said, well, 1 John 4.19, which is this, we love because he first loved us. It's real simple. We love because he first loved us. God loved us first. And then our natural reaction is to love in return. We take the need love, and then we give it back. But in this verse, John 13, 34, Jesus is saying, we love as he loved us. He's calling us to say, you, though, now, love one another in the same way that I loved you. And what is that? As if you were the only person, a love that's indiscriminate. And we can do that when we are filled with the love of God. When we're filled with God's love, we can then love as God loves. This is a crucial point, because if we are operating from a love deficit, that we don't have that, we then can't give it. That's why for me in my, in my Christian journey, I've spent so much time just soaking in the love of God the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And that's not narcissism. That is a way for God to say, you are precious in my sight. You're Jim in whom Christ dwells and delight. I delight in you. And when I'm filled with that, then I can give that to other people. Because then when my need love is cared for, then I can offer that gift love. That's the pattern. And Jesus demonstrated that. He knew who he was. He knew who he was. He was that beloved son in whom God was well pleased, as we heard at the baptism of Jesus. He heard that every day. And so Jesus then could offer gift love. What does that look like? It looks like releasing instead of grabbing. It looks like serving instead of ruling. It looks like giving instead of hoarding. It looks like sacrifice instead of selfishness. So we look at Jesus and say, wow, that kind of love that he gave, that's really beyond me. No, no. Here's the way this works. The love of God comes down to us, comes into us, and then is given out. I call that the down-in-out principle. The love of God comes down to us, and we experience that. And then we allow that love to penetrate into our hearts. And once it's there, then the overflow of that love goes out to other people so that we can release, we can serve, we can give, we can sacrifice, because we are full. We know who we are. 
Let me say this. Jesus would never have given us this commandment, John 13, 34, love as I have loved you. He would never have given us that commandment if it were impossible for us. He's not mean. Jesus doesn't go, I'm going to give you something impossible to do. He knows that it's possible. He knows that it's very possible for each of us. But I also know this in trying to live into this in my own life. It is challenging. It is difficult. But it is possible to do. When we are filled with the love of God, then we can give that out. And there are so many ways to do it. But I just want to talk about one today. Just one way. And it goes back to what I said earlier. And that is this. An incredible way that we can love each other as Jesus has loved us is to listen to people, to notice people, to see them. Today, as you encounter people, I would encourage you to fulfill the commandment of Jesus, the new commandment, to love as he loved, by paying attention to people and listening. Simone Weil, one of my favorite writers, Simone Weil said this, attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. I love that quote. Attention, paying attention to someone, is the rarest. Why, why is that? It is. You just don't see it very often. Attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Because when we're paying attention to someone, really listening to someone, it's an act of generosity, but it's very pure. Because why? It's gift love. You're not asking for something from someone. When we can take that posture to really be present to someone and listen to them, oh my, it is such a gift of generosity, and people respond to it. At the beginning of my day, I look over my calendar and I think, okay, I'm going to be in this meeting, I'm going to be with these people, I have this to do, and I'll pray that I can give that kind of love to the people I know that I will be with. And when I do it, oh my, it impacts people. You can see it on their faces. There's a kind of joy that comes, like someone is noticing me, someone is paying attention to me. That's what it means, at least one way it means to love one another as Jesus has loved you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy, and it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs>